This is a Federal News Network podcast. Agencies spent billions of dollars bolstering IT systems for mandatory telework during the coronavirus pandemic. Several agencies are calling people back to the office now, but others kind of like the idea of staff working from home. That's got members of Congress looking at whether this can all shrink the government's real estate needs and save billions. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. Large swaths of the federal workforce are still out on mandatory telework because of the coronavirus. But if this trend continues in the long term, even after the pandemic, agencies could save billions of dollars each year. Kate Lister, president of Global Workplace Analytics, told members of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee last week that agencies could save $11 billion annually if all telework-eligible federal employees worked from home half their workdays. That's about $13,000 of savings per employee. Federal employees would also benefit, saving up to $4,000 a year on commuting costs and everyday purchases like ordering coffee and paying for dry cleaning. Lister also told the committee teleworking feds are happier with their jobs. Compared to non-telecommuters, telecommuters are more engaged, more satisfied, and less likely to leave the agency. Further evidence for how important telework is to government employees was revealed when the Department of Education canceled their telework program and then surveyed employees nine months later. The vast majority of those polled said that it didn't do what it was supposed to do, which is enhance collaboration and improve customer service. And in addition, it decreased productivity, hurt morale, increased absenteeism, and potentially increased turnover. Global Workplace Analytics based its findings on the Office of Personal Management's most recent report on telework. That report found 42% of the federal workforce was eligible for telework in 2018, and that 22% of the federal workforce teleworked in some capacity that same year. If long-term telework became the new norm, the federal government could reduce office space by 25% and save $1.7 billion a year in reduced real estate costs. There are examples of that already happening. The General Services Administration, the government's landlord, is also the biggest federal adopter of telework. The agency, as a result, decreased its office space square footage by 32% in the past four years and cut its operations and maintenance costs by $10 million. Committee ranking member Tom Carper says the federal government has more than 35,000 buildings and stands out as the country's largest consumer of energy. But increased telework could lead to substantial savings in that area as well. The sudden shift to implementing flexible work strategies like telework across the federal government has given us an opportunity to examine how those alternative methods actually work or don't work. This is our opportunity to find out what works and do more of that. And what we learn about telework today will fundamentally change and shape how we view and implement telework as a country from now and well into the future. GSA across multiple administrations has focused on shrinking the federal real estate footprint and maximizing each square foot of office space. Other agencies, such as the Social Security Administration and the Patent and Trademark Office, have also reported millions of dollars saved through their telework programs. Senator Shelley Capito says there's definitely some opportunities to cut office space in West Virginia. For instance, the IRS building out in Martinsburg, which I I believe has several hundred people there, they have been teleworking for years. And any one day, only between 7 to 10 percent of the workforce is actually in a building that was built for 10 times that. Long-term telework after the pandemic would also require a significant rethinking of the civil service, especially around issues like locality pay. Lister says similar conversations are already playing out with businesses moving to telework. We're also hearing in the private sector, okay, so does that mean I'm going to take a pay cut? You know, if, I, if I'm making San Francisco wages and I move to Alabama, do I make the same amount? There's a lot of these questions that we don't have answers to that I think government can help start to set the example. 
Meanwhile, long-term telework for federal employees could open the door to moving some agency headquarters outside the D.C. metro area. That's been the focus of several Republican-led bills in recent years. Senator Joni Ernst introduced the Strategic Withdrawal of Agencies for Meaningful Placement, or SWAMP Act, last year. The bill would remove legal barriers keeping agencies from moving their headquarters outside the D.C. metro area. The bill would also prohibit agencies based in the capital region from entering new leases, making significant renovations, or beginning new construction projects. The legislation hasn't made it out of committee since it was introduced, and a House version of the bill introduced in 2018 also never made it out of committee. Nonetheless, Ernst says the Swamp Act, if it gained enough momentum, would allow job creation and greater opportunities for communities outside the capital region. The Swamp Act creates a competitive bidding process that allows states, cities, and towns across the country to compete to be a federal agency's new home. During the COVID-19 pandemic, many of our federal workers have successfully done their jobs from outside of D.C., showing us that they don't necessarily need to be in Washington to do their jobs. And I think this bolsters my argument that we can and should move more jobs out of Washington and closer to the folks who know the needs of their states, their farms, and their businesses best. And in the process, we will see more job creation and greater opportunities for communities across the country and not just in D.C. None of these changes, though, can become reality without a major shift in how agency leadership and supervisors feel about their employees teleworking. Even with the pandemic still looming over much of the U.S., agencies including the State Department, IRS, and EPA have required more employees to come back into the office. Federal employees are also pretty skeptical that their agencies would let telework become the new normal. In a Federal News Network survey of nearly 1,200 federal employees, more than 50% of respondents said they believe their agency's view on telework would change because of the pandemic, but 28% said they weren't so sure, and another 20% said their agencies wouldn't change their views. For all the benefits of telework, Lister says one of the biggest hurdles is getting agency executives and supervisors on board with the concept. Managers simply don't trust their employees to work untethered. We still need a lot of training on managing by results rather than butts in seats. Whether or not long-term telework sticks around in the federal workforce after the pandemic, businesses are already gearing up for the new normal. Nearly one in five private sector chief financial officers say they plan to keep at least 20% of their workforce working remotely after the pandemic to cut costs. Before the pandemic, Dell Technologies had 65% of their employees opt for workplace flexibilities that allowed them to telework several days a week, and on any given day, about 30% of its workforce was teleworking. During the pandemic, however, Mark Pringle, Dell Technologies' senior vice president of corporate real estate, global facilities and environment, and health and safety, told the committee that the company shifted more than 90% of its workforce to work from home nearly overnight. But telework didn't just mean continuity operations. From 2013 to 2016, Dell saw more than $50 million in total cost savings from its connected workplace program, and $12 million of those savings came from reduced real estate costs. Looking at the next five years, Pringle said Dell Technology projects 20 to 30 percent further real estate cost savings. We actually see this an opportunity to reinvent and redefine work in the new world, and we are looking at ways to enable and innovate new ways of working with high levels of employee engagement and productivity. We need to evolve the dated mindset of being in an office full-time is an actual business imperative. We're rarely afforded the opportunity to make such dramatic changes to our businesses in such a short period of time. Even rarer still is the ability to do so in a way that would better prepare our teams for the changing digital landscape 
by helping us achieve organizational goals around sustainability, diversity, and innovation. COVID-19 has exacted a devastating public health and economic toll on our country. One of the best ways to recover from both catastrophes is to reimagine work in ways that genuinely improve the quality of life. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.